0: everyone thank you so much for joining me on the hope for today broadcast i'm your host doran wengard founder of wengard ministries where we are delivering hope to every heart this is the sixth message in the hope in the body series and we're nearing the end of the three sets of messages called hope in the spirit hope in the soul and yes now hope in the body if you've missed any of these 20 messages be sure to go back and listen to those as well All of these messages are based on the foundational understanding that we as humans are primarily and first of all a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. The death and resurrection of Jesus gave access for our spirits to be made completely pure and righteous, even as he is. When we believe in Jesus and the payment of his life for ours, we are each given the measure of faith from God and this is planted in our soul or in our heart. The choices then of our soul determine the outcome and the flow of the power of God experienced in our body. It comes from the spirit. We, d- we decide what happens by the choices of our soul and then we experience it in our body. Now, when you can understand this simple description of spirit, soul, and body at a heart level, you will then find that all things are possible to them that believe. This is how we receive from God. This is how we access the things of God. Now last time I talked about the testing of your faith because it is through perseverance and character and hope that we actually grow into God's ultimate design for us. The message for today is called Eternal Life, now. Today, I want to help you open the door to the kingdom of God in your life and also for you to be able to do the same with other people. I'm really wanting these truths to set you free and to give you a deeper understanding of eternal life in the kingdom of God now and for today. So what do you think of when I say eternal life? Most people just think only of life after death, or going to heaven, or living forever, those type of things. But my question is, are the events of the future the only thing that the Bible is talking about? What did Jesus mean when he talked about eternal life? What did he mean when he mentioned the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven? Was he talking about always in the future? Was he talking about just living forever? Now, in order to go any further, I'd like to mention a couple scriptures just to get our foundation from the Word of God. There are many, many places in the New Testament where the words eternal life, kingdom of God, or kingdom of heaven are mentioned. Matthew 10, 7, and 8 is just one example. It's where Jesus said, As you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. That's one example. Jesus literally gave his disciples the power to heal and the full power to counteract all of the effects of sin. And this was really to be a sign to the people that the kingdom of God was at hand. But what does that mean to say that it is at hand? The definition that I found in the original Greek uh, was that was translated at hand is to bring near or to join one thing to another, to draw or to come near to or to approach. So Jesus was saying it's, it's right in front of you. It's right in front of you. And I think of it this way that if, if I just look at my hand and I say well the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's as close as my hand to my face. It's, it's, it's right here. It's right in front of you. Now he was telling them that the kingdom of heaven has been brought to earth. It's no longer somewhere far away nor is it something that's impossible to get to. Jesus himself brought it here with his perfection, and he then empowered anyone who would receive the perfection that he paid for. He brought it to us, and and he offered it to us. This is what happens when a person becomes born again. The life that he gives to us is that same eternal life that Jesus talked about while he was here on the earth. Yes, it is a promise of living forever with God, you know, when we die, of course, but it is so much more than that. Jesus described it, he demonstrated it, he showed what it it looks like to live in it and with it on the earth. This makes me think of Andrew Womack's book called The War Is Over. And he talks about uh, where most Christians tend to think of themselves as struggling to be able to find victory in one area or another. Um, But if we can gain the understanding that the victory has already been won for us, we're then able to see the eternal life of God bringing the healing or the restoration you know, to physical reality for us. It's already done. Everything has already been accomplished. The Apostle Paul wrote that we should no longer look even to the physical side of things for our answers. He knew that trusting in you know, what we can see or experience with our five senses would, would always lead to disappointment. He said, Worship God in the Spirit. You know, Rejoice in Christ Jesus. Have no confidence in the flesh. Focus on the spirit. Jesus told us to not even worry about any physical thing we need at all. And this seems so radical. But And, and I'm sure we've read this, but in Matthew 6, uh, verses 31, 32, and 33, Jesus says, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things shall be added to you. So he, he, he knows that we have these needs, but he says don't focus on them. Those are on the physical, don't focus on them. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So it's the righteousness of God given through Jesus that gives us access to the fullness of the life of God. So when I think of eternal life, I think eternal life or power, life force, the life force of God himself is available to us. God the Father gave his son, not only for salvation from sin when, when we die, but also to show us how to live in victory now from all the effects of sin. This is for here and now on the earth. The phrase kingdom of heaven was used by Jesus at least 30 times in the book of Matthew. And when Jesus talked in parables, he always spoke of the kingdom of heaven as being in the present tense. And I mentioned this before, he even spoke out against the religious leaders because they're blocking access to the kingdom by, by their rules and their regulations. I want to look at that actually and just read one verse here in Matthew 23, verse 13. Jesus says, but woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. For you neither go in yourselves, nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. Notice this is present tense. There were those people who were entering right then. He said, those who are entering, you're blocking them. And you're not going in yourself. Your rules and regulations are stopping you. They're keeping you from entering the kingdom of heaven. So it was available to everyone, even then. So this was true over 2,000 years ago while Jesus lived, and it's true for most Christians today, that people try to regulate access for others. They, they say that the works of Jesus were only for his time. And that type of theology that says that was then, this is now, it's different now, there's no basis for it. There's no verses that actually justify that. If the kingdom of God was at hand and present tense for their time, then it's even more so for us now. I wanna look at the phrase kingdom of God these words are they are used even more, and probably almost every time that Jesus refers to them, it's in the present tense. Same thing. Now, I, I mentioned earlier where Jesus says, Seek first the kingdom of God, and then all these things should be added to you. Th- that should be a clue that he's giving us a key, right, to vic- victorious living. He's saying, Here's how you do it. He told us, though, where we are to seek the kingdom of God. And I think this is partially uh, one of the things that is just misunderstood, it's been misunderstood over the years as well, of how and where do you seek the kingdom of God? So I want to read that in uh, in Luke 17. Um, let's see here. It's, it's uh, verses 20 through 21. Yeah, I have it marked here. All right, now... When he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, See here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. Now, I'm sure that was a strange um, statement to them. They, they probably were thinking, You know, how is it possible? And I think really, I've thought that. Over the years, you know, as I'm learning, I'm, I'm thinking, how is it possible that it's within me? But we need to get to the place where we believe this to be true. More than anything that we can see with our physical eyes or, or that we can experience in our body. What Jesus said is true. We it, it begins in our spirit. It's within us. Our soul is within us. So the kingdom of heaven, it's like we're bigger on the inside than we are on the outside. That's another thing that the Lord told me one time. So, I begin to understand, okay, it's possible the power of God is at work in me. The the life of God is in me, so I'm not going somewhere to reach it. I'm not trying to get it to come to me. I already have it. So when these truths begin to become a reality in our hearts, we will begin to see the kingdom of God come alive in us, just as it was in Jesus. And really, verses in the Bible that have seemed to be impossible all suddenly become possible. Jesus himself described how this works in John 14. Uh, He said, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Notice, Jesus, he was not mincing words. He was not making a a what-if statement. He was saying, this is how it works. And because he goes, he said, because I'm going to my Father, it is now distributed to you. So we've been called to live eternal life now through the redemption paid for by Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit at work in us. This is really saying that when we begin to allow the kingdom of God to become a reality in our hearts, we are essentially allowing God to live his life through us. Do you understand the, the, yeah, the intensity of this, the relationship of this, the joy of this, the, the, the amazing miracle of this, that God wants to live his life through us? We are the containers. We carry the very life of God to a hurting and broken world. It's his love which manifests in healing and restoration by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is how he does it. He works through us. Now, do you notice the relationship here? Can you see? This has all been given to us with one purpose in mind. You see, God has one primary goal, and everything he does is to accomplish this goal. He wants to reconnect with mankind. This is why he gave his only begotten son to die on the cross. It was for this purpose. Jesus described this core message in his final prayer just before going to the cross. And I'd like to look at that in John 17. Listen to to the heart of Jesus as he's praying to his father. Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, The hour has come, glorify your son that your son also may glorify you as you have given him authority over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I had with you before the world was, that is a that's a prayer of relationship. Jesus is, I mean, he boils it down to one thing: this is eternal life, that they may know you, that they may know you and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So, do you realize this is something that Jesus came to simplify it, and he said it's finished. I have completed the work you've given me to do. I have brought the kingdom of God to earth. I have made it accessible. I have demonstrated, demonstrated what it is to walk in, live in, and, and allow the kingdom of God to manifest through me. So Jesus showed us how. It was not to, to be somebody separate. It was to show us that all of this is possible for us by allowing the kingdom of God to be alive in us, the kingdom of heaven, to be at work inside of us, the eternal life of knowing God in us to allow that to manifest out to a hurting and broken world. We are to bring hope. We are to bring life. We are to bring peace and restoration. So remember, seek first the kingdom of God and everything else that you'll need, it will be added to you as you get to know him and you allow him to work through you. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit.